Thank you for tuning in to the My Favorite Girl Caregiver's Corner podcast, bringing inspiration, education, resources, hope, and strength to caregivers so you can keep going, keep pushing, keep loving, and by all means, keep caring. I am your host, Priscilla Jean-Louis. All right, so welcome back to another episode of the My Favorite Girl Caregiver's Corner podcast. We are back for episode eight. I know it's been a moment. Um, The goal was to do it every Friday, but life happens. And so when you're a caregiver, especially a caregiver or two, you just have to go with the flow and you do it when you can do it. And so we're back this week and we're grateful for Uh, the opportunity to have another episode. And this week's episode, we are talking to Melissa Wass, and uh, she is a family caregiver as well as an Alzheimer's advocate. So uh, Melissa, thank you so very much for joining me on today for this very important conversation. I'm excited to have you on. And I just want to take a moment and just allow you to introduce yourself, if you will. Sure, absolutely. And thank you for having me, Priscilla. I, I won't lie. I've been following your journey as well on Facebook. And I'm super kind of, I'm super, very super excited to be here with you. So thank you for having me. Um, so a little bit about our, you know, my journey. Um, the reason that I'm even in this caregiver's corner right now is because of my mom. Uh, she was diagnosed with Alzheimer's now about eight and a half years ago. Um, and when my dad passed away, we moved my mom down to Florida with myself and my wife. And my wife is now her full-time caregiver. She quit her job as a manager at a local retail store. Um, and she became my mom's full-time caregiver. And that's that's where we are. That's where we are today. And that's here we are. Here we are fighting this Alzheimer's journey. So, you know, lo- along the way, obviously, right? I mean, I have, like you said, um, when we first started the journey, you know, I was doing the walk from the beginning because it just seemed like a really, you know, easy way to kind of get involved and maybe meet people in the community and see, you know, what are other people experiencing? What are the families experiencing? And as time went on, I realized, wow, you know what? I need to find a cure. You know, I need to do a little bit more. Um, I need to really reach out to the people who can make those changes and get the money we need, uh, you know, for research and for our scientists to figure out what it is they need to do to, to just kill this disease and have our first survivor. So that's why we're here today. Yeah, I'm telling you this, and and it's a journey, a journey it is. And just like you, you know, I did the same thing, Uh, joined the Alzheimer's Walk here in Tallahassee. Um, And I I believe this is my fourth year that I've been doing it, but same type thing, you know, when you realize the severity of it, seriousness of it, and the need for that cure, you know, I, I did the same thing just to be able to connect with other people and Man, I've met some amazing people oh, yeah. uh, that are, you know, a part of the 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 walk as well. And uh, being able to meet you on Facebook, you know, um, I met you through the advocacy program and just some other groups that we're also a part of. And I saw your story, and you are a champion <laughs> advocate, and I love it. I love everything about it, you know, um, and just being able to see that there's somebody else out there who's on the same, I, I often say we're, we're on different roads maybe, but it's the same journey. And so yeah. just a lot of time knowing and understanding that you're not in this thing by yourself makes a world of difference. And so that's one of the reasons why I reached out to you um, just to talk about your journey. People have heard my journey, uh, parts of it that I've shared. And I, I share just because, you know, I do, I want people to understand the fullness of it, you know, not just the funny moments, but those moments that aren't funny, those things that happen that, you know, you can't, you can't control them. You yeah. wish you could, you know, and I read that even in your, um, your walk on your walk page, there's some things, I mean, you wish that you can change all of it, but yeah. you have absolutely no control of it. We're powerless. So, yeah. 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 And, um, I know, you know, your mom, um, is a little bit more advanced than my mom, but, you know, just to move forward in the conversation, you said that it's been eight and a half years. Yes. Eight and a half years. Yep. Wow. Eight and a half years. And and that support, I know, um, that that support that you receive from your wife is like none other. Yeah. You know, I mean, just to be able to have somebody that's there 
uh, in the thick of it with you because sometimes, you know, especially with spouses, Mm -hmm. they don't always last. They don't always stick to it, you know, in the journey. And so I applaud your wife for the effort, for, for the, you know, desire and just the love to be able to just walk away from, I'm sure something she loved as well. She did. She did. And, and it's funny you say that. Well, not funny, but that I think every day, like I, I don't take Carrie for granted even a little bit. Um, as a matter of fact, I was talking with a friend before this conversation with you and I, and we were talking about her grandfather actually just got diagnosed and her father, unfortunately, couldn't keep him at home. And, you know, long story short, he's in a memory care center. And she said, man, I admire your wife so much. And obviously I admire everything my wife does, but I can't even do what she does. You know, she is her nurse. She is her home health aide. She is the person who feeds her, who changes her, who gets fluid into her, who, you know, washes her face and goes in and tries to make my mom smile. I mean, she's her everything. And when I ask my wife, you know, why, why did you do it so quickly? She's like, cause your mom's my best friend, you know? And it just, wow. it, it, it killed me when she said that. And she didn't know what the, what the journey would look like. I mean, Carrie doesn't, I have Alzheimer's in my family. Um, there are a few of my aunts who have it, which are my mom's cousins, um, and aunts, their, her aunts and cousins. So I knew a little bit what the journey would look like. And I tried to describe it to Carrie, but just like you and I both know, there's really no describing it. Right. Right. Um, so when she did decide, yes, I'll, of course I'll hang out with your mom. Your mom's fun. I love being with her. She's my biggest fan. You know, she, my mom adores Carrie. Um, at that point in time, you know, my mom was at a much higher stage of, of being able to take care of, not take care of herself, but you know, wash herself and and all that stuff, feed herself. She just really needed a companion. And to watch how my wife has gone from a companion to a nurse and without a blank, without even a question of it, Priscilla, like just, yeah, of course I'll do it. What about background? Any background in nursing or nothing? Nope. She has a master's in, oh, she's going to kill me because I'm going to get it wrong, but it's student student affairs and administration and a bachelor's in psychology. So nothing, nothing to do with medical, anything. Um, you know, and like I said, the, she doesn't even bat an eye at any of it. And one thing with my wife that I'm beyond grateful for is she doesn't, she allows me the time to step away. Okay. So my mom is in a stage where she, she was in a really bad stage about a month or two ago where she would be very delusional and she would scream a lot. And to be graphic, right? Cause we have to be, um, right. when my mom is being changed by Carrie and the hospice nurse or the hospice HHA, and they come in and they change her in the morning and they give her a bath, she screams and it sounds like someone's hurting her and no one's hurting her, but no, she can't understand what's being done. Um, so, you know, Carrie will tap me and she'll say, put your headphones in, put on them to put on some music. Your mom's awake just to give me a heads up. This is going to be a rough day. And I know you don't want to hear it. Right. Because there's those days where, that's my mom, you know, and it sounds like she's being stabbed right now and there's nothing I can do about it. She's being changed. She's being well taken care of, but she doesn't understand it. So she even allows me that mental break to not have to always be involved in it because she recognizes it is my mom, you know, and, and while it really hurts her a lot, it's, it's not her parent, you know, but right. it's still still very obviously hurtful and sad to her. But there's days where I'm just like, I can't even go in there because she's so delusional. Right. And it's just it's hard. And she allows me that, that buffer, you know, and I've known a few other couples who have gotten divorced because they decided to be the caregiver to their um, parent. And the spouse was like, this is too much. You know, you don't have any time for me. You don't have any time to do anything. And I don't want to be involved in this. Yeah. You know, so I, I, I thank every day for Carrie every, every day, every day. Yeah. And, and that is so, you know, we'll get into that further because I do want to deal with that side of it you know, just understanding for real what yeah. this looks like when you are a child, you know, it, it matters. Like you said, I mean, I'm sure the relationship that Carrie and your mom has, like you said, yeah, I'm sure it bothers her, but there is a deep wrenching pain that comes along with watching, you know, your mom deal with this. Yeah. You know, I, I, some people, may think it's, you know, whatever when I say this, but I think that Alzheimer's is a very brutal, mean, nasty disease. It it is, you know, that's the only way that I know to describe it. Um, I try to come up with other words, but they don't always fit for the, the situation. But, you know, when you are a child and 
you know, because as mom, that that that's the person that, you know, has loved you, has nourished you, has taught you just about everything you know. Yep. You have a good one, you know? And yeah. so to watch it, whew, you know, it's it's something. It's something. But you know, just back to Carrie. I think now, how long have you all been married? How long how long have you all been together? Sure. Uh, we've been married. Oh my God, I knew you were going to ask that. <laughs> we got married in 07. So 14, okay. 14 years married. Um, and we've been together for 16 years going on almost 17. Okay. So she was close with your mom before any of this. Very happened. close. Yeah. Okay. Very close. Very close. And yeah. I totally, I applied Carrie as well, just for, for stepping up. Yes. You know, and just taking on that responsibility. And I, I know um, that beyond it being just your mom, it's, it's her love for you. It's her yeah. commitment to you. And so, you know, I, I definitely applaud that yes. more than anything else. And so to be in, you know, an eight, eight and a half years in, and she's still just as committed and just as dedicated to making sure that both of you are okay. Yeah. That means more, I, I think than, than anything I agree. You know, for me, I am, I'm solo, you know, yeah, I'm, know. you know, my daughter's here and I'm thankful. And just the other week, I realized even the more that I don't even know if I could really do this um, without her being here. You yeah. know, I don't, it's not anything that's forced upon her, but I can honestly say she makes things so much easier Good. when she's here, you know, yeah. she'll go and um, spend the night. I had, you know, she'll go and stay over at her dad's and I'm here. And usually when she's not here, I try to do what I've coined to be a two for one because I have my mom and my grandmother. Yes. And so, you know, my mom is way more advanced uh, than my grandmother. And, you know, just a little backstory. Everybody doesn't know. I think I've mentioned it a time or two. My grandmother is not my biological oh, okay. grandmother on either side. She's oh. actually um, a family friend. My mom just kind of took to her when she moved down to central Florida. I grew up in Lake Wells, Florida, and she grew up. I mean, she just took to her just from, from church. Yeah. And from the time I've been a little kid up until right now, she just became my grandmother. And so yeah. there's no blood relation, but it's not always blood that nope. makes you related, you know? And so my grandmother and shout out to my grandmother while I'm on here because when this <laughs> comes out on Friday, she will be 98 oh, years wow. old. Oh, wow. Holy cow. Holy cow. Happy <laughs> birthday, Grandma. Yeah. Happy birthday to my grandmother. Y'all shout her out. So when you hear this, just put a comment in the comments and happy birthday, Grandma. But, you know, I mean, for her, hers is more old age. Yeah. You know, it comes like prior to her moving in and, and I kind of ended up with her. Um, you know, uh, it just happened. Let me just put it like that. Um, there was no plan. Actually, there was no plan for either one of them. It just, it happened with both. Um, yeah. but for my grandmother, like literally a year, almost, almost a year, uh, to the day, um, I got a call and ended up having to go and get her. You know, I didn't exchange words. I got a call at work and, uh, didn't exchange words. Just said, Hey, don't bother her. Don't do anything. I'll be there by the end of the week. Yeah. And from that point, everything just kind of, kind of changed. And I went from a caregiver of one to a caregiver of two. And, um, you know, so my mom, just like you, um, if you follow my journey, you know, um, it, it, it also runs in our family. So right now she has two brothers and a sister and a sister that recently passed away who all have it. Um, you know, and so simultaneously right now, all dealing with it at the same time. And so, you know, her behaviors are a lot more erratic. And so when I'm here by myself, I do the two for one where, because I have a large, uh, bathroom. And so I put one in the shower. My grandmother likes showers. My mom likes baths. And so put my grandmother in the shower and she likes to stay in there for, you have to like get her out because she'll <laughs> stay there forever. Um, and then, you know, while I'm, she's showering, I'm giving my mom a bath. Well, normally it works really well, but the other week it was like so difficult, like really, really difficult. They were both in a mood and yeah. I realized then I'm like, oh my gosh, I just, 
I don't know if I could do this by myself without Kaylin because it, it it's a lot, yeah. you know, and I'm grateful. And I tell my daughter, thank you every day, every single day, every moment I get, because being a 16 year old, there's not many 16 year olds oh, no. that are even interested no. <laughs> at no. all in, in even assisting. But she does it without any type of hesitation. And her attitude always is like, mommy is family. Like, you don't yep. have to thank me. It's family. And so, you know, I get it, you know. And so for Carrie to be so selfless, because that's what it takes. It's, yeah. It takes a level of selflessness. Yeah. And, you know, even not having a degree, it takes just a heart to care for somebody. It does. To be able to do this. Um, oh, yeah. The patience that it takes, the resilience that it takes. I don't know, you know, um, if your mom went through any of the uh, stages of name calling and, you know, all of that. But, yeah, that's a hard that's a hard road sometimes. You oh, know? yeah. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Now, she my mom. So it's funny because when. When she first got diagnosed, you know, I came, I brought it down to Florida and I joined some support groups and I went a few times and it wasn't for me at the moment. You know, I was just like, I don't want to hear your story right now. I can't even think about your story right now. I just need to focus on this and figuring out what our story is going to be. And as time went on and I realized, you know, as you and I both are realizing, we both knew this is a progressive disease. And as you mentioned, you're right. I cannot find any kind of um, word to describe Alzheimer's. There's nothing. Uh, the way I always tell people is I watched my father die of lung cancer and in five months he was gone. He got diagnosed. Five months later, he was gone. And this suffering that I'm watching my mother go through doesn't even compare. It doesn't even compare to watching my dad be suffer for five months. Um, so, I mean, that just gives it, cause I know people, you know, they understand cancer and when people go through cancer and that, what that dying looks like. And this is, a thousand times worse. Yeah. I, I I can't even I can't even put into words. So as our journey progressed, I became more open about our our story, and I became I realized how important my words were, and how important this journey was that I was taking with Carrie and my mother, and how important it was to exactly what you're doing. Show other people this is it's not a you know oh you just forget your keys or you don't remember where the store is or maybe you forgot your granddaughter's name. Old people that happens. Um, you know, that's not what Alzheimer's is. As a matter of fact, when I got her diagnosed, every single person in my family fought me. They all said, man, Melissa, you know, you're putting your mom through a lot. Your, her husband just died of 60 years. And, you know, people forget things. We're all forgetting things. Why are you doing this to her? Um, and I remained stoic. And I said, because I know better. That's it. Because I talk to my mom every day. Every day I have talked to my mother since the day I have left New York, which was now 15 years ago. There was not a day I didn't talk to her and I know what's happening. Yeah. Um, so that journey as we went on, you know, it became that much more important because people don't really realize what it looks like. And that's when I started posting things like videos and showing people, hey, my mom's sitting here crying for no reason. I can't explain it. I can't stop it. She can't explain it. And it's heart wrenching to watch. Or my mom can no longer um, feed herself and showing people videos of watching her try to struggle and feed herself and Carrie stepping in to help her. Um, you know, she can't bathe herself. She can't, I remember the day she forgot how to stand, yeah. you know, we were sitting there and, um, she started crying and saying, I can't get up. I can't get up. And, you know, immediately your, your rational brain kicks in and you say, Oh, okay, well maybe she sprained her ankle. Maybe she pulled a ligament, right? Maybe, maybe who knows, maybe she broke her femur last year. So maybe something's going on with that. I immediately get x-ray machines into the house. Like we got to figure it out. Right. And every doctor said, it's Alzheimer's, Melissa. She's just forgotten how to stand. You know, this is her brain, another step of it shutting her body down. Um, so just said, watching that and going, you know, today my mom can no longer stand. And that's the end of her journey with even being mobile, right? Um, and now, like you've seen the videos where um, she can no longer even take a drink through a straw anymore because she's starting to aspirate. So now Carrie has to literally spoon feed her water and press down on her tongue when she does it so that that motion of her swallowing won't won't go into the the wrong pipe and she'll actually swallow it and it'll go down the right way and she won't get a little bit of liquid into her lungs so what i realized was while it's so horrible to watch people need to see it they need to see it right because it's not 
it's not this, like I said, this little, oh, it's just a little old lady or a little old man who just, you know, you got to help him remember things. No, that's, that's not even remotely it. Um, she, thankfully, my mom didn't go through the, the cursing and the, and the calling my, my wife names or myself names, but she did go through crying, uh, frustration, definite frustration, you know, watching that transition from where she still remembers a little bit and then realizing she knows that she's starting to lose her memory. She knows that something is wrong and she can't figure it out. Yeah, yeah. And just watching that transition from a little bit of clarity to complete cloudiness. And people used to ask me, they say, you know, just perfect example, does she remember who you are? No. You know, well, how did that feel? How do you think that felt, right? Of course right. it was, but my stoic answer is it's Alzheimer's. I knew it was gonna happen. It was the day that she lost my father's name and Carrie's name was what hit me the hardest. Um, my father was, they started dating when she was 13, he was 15 and they never spent a day apart, not a day. Wow. So, you know, that was the hardest part because she would always, he passed so quickly and, um, you know, she cried every day, my Johnny, my Johnny, my Johnny. And I would show her pictures and I would never let her forget. But the day that she stopped saying Johnny was like, this is it. This is, this is the end. You know, this is the last stage that my mom's going to enter and wherever this is going to take us, it's going to be obviously, you know, it's going to take her life at some point. But like you said, where this journey goes, I don't know. You know, I, I don't know. I, I know that if my mom wasn't under my wife's care, she'd be gone. She'd be gone. Yeah, she yeah. was, you know, not to say that. And I, and I say these in my posts, right. I, there's a lot of really good homes. There's a lot of good memory. She doesn't even qualify for a memory center anymore, which a lot of people don't even realize. Really? To be, yeah. Because she's not mobile. She's not mobile. So to be in a memory care center, you have to be able to get up and she can't. So she doesn't even qualify for that. So she would go to nothing more than just long-term and long-term nursing home, a skilled, yeah, yeah. skilled nursing home. Um, because she can't turn herself, she, she can't do anything. So, um, the hospice, you know, hospice, when they come in, Carrie always recognizes everything. They're like, Hey, I see a little sore on Joyce's arm. What is that? What's going on? Right. And immediately they're putting salve on it and they're treating it any place else. You know, she would have gotten a staph infection. She'd be gone. Um, yeah, you heard yeah. she had several UTIs. Um, and instead of keeping her catheterized the entire time, I found out there's an external catheter. So we got an external catheter and, and, and whatnot. She hasn't had that UTI since, and it's actually been easier for Carrie to care for her, but that wouldn't have happened in a nursing home. You know, they wouldn't right. have either a paid for the external catheter and somebody might never have caught it. I mean, these women and men have sometimes a one to 12 to 20 ratio of patients, you yeah. know, and, yeah. and my mother requires 24 seven care. You know, she needs someone to be on it when she's awake, quick, get fluid into her, quick, get food into her. She's awake. Right. Cannot wait. Cannot wait. Cannot wait. I mean, you're talking about small little buffers of time to get this stuff into her. So yeah, it's, 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 a, it's the journey is, it's, 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 it takes my breath away to think about sometimes. It really does. It takes my yeah, breath away. Yeah. I, know I know you're talking, you're talking about, about, I'm not sure I'm not where sure that echo is coming from. from. Um, you're talking about stages that I haven't, you know, I didn't even realize, yeah. you know, were, I guess, ahead. And, you know, um, I, I can't, I don't want to say I can't imagine. I know, and I tell people, and I'm not ashamed about it at all. It is definitely by far my faith that yes. allows me to do what I do. Uh, with the level of patience and grace that I do it, it is definitely my faith. But even with that, there are days that are extremely hard. Yeah. As a matter of fact, over the last about two or three, uh, they were hard, you know, because I found myself in a place, unlike you, you know, who does have somebody that's there and you can at least, you know, lean on and you can yeah. at least, you know, have a shoulder or, one thing that people don't realize is being a caregiver, it's a lonely journey. Yes, it is. It's it's lonely. And so when it's already lonely and you are, um, I'm not going to say alone, but alone, uh, it can be even more, yeah. you know, and when you care for your yourself and three other people, you have a tendency and, and what makes sense to you is yourself, your last, because yep. 
You can't afford to deal with the issues that you have because every decision you make and every emotion and all that, it spills over into the ones you're caring for. And so, you know, you kind of left at the bottom of the totem pole and sometimes life can just be so overwhelming. Yes. You know, and I'm like, you're talking about stages that I haven't seen and I haven't, um, I mean, even though I've been around this um, a long time, yeah. both my mom's parents had it. Um, my grandmother, her mom actually came to live with us. I think I had to be around nine, maybe 10, maybe a little younger. And she came and lived with us for a little while. Um, and so I've seen it, but not on that level because, you know, even with my grandmother, she was still mobile, you know, she could still yeah. walk around. And I mean, my mom ended up having to place her in a nursing uh, facility because of the fact that she just couldn't handle her at home. And we were younger yeah. and she didn't have the resources and all of that. And so she ended up going into a home. And so by the time she did become bedridden, you know, it was long years later, but I never, I was never in the face of all of that. Yeah. And so now I'm in the face of it. And when you add on COVID, oh. you know, because prior to COVID, I could go yeah. out, you know, I could yep. go to a movie and relax. I could go, yep. you know, get my nails done or, or mm-hmm. whatever. Anything, anything. Right, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so then you add COVID in and you're not going out as much because the thing about it is, you know, when you make a decision, you're making a decision, not just for you, yep. but you're making a decision for yourself and for the people you're caring for. And Absolutely. so I may want to go here, but if going here puts me at risk mm-hmm. and then I have to come back home and I mm-hmm. have to, you know, be with them or the things sometimes, and I, I try not to overprocess. I try hard not to overprocess, and most of the time I do really good at it. But there are sometimes when I do fail. Yeah. But my thought, as well, is okay. God forbid, but you know, COVID going on, mm-hmm. even being able, you know, going to the hospital. I have two people, and so I can't leave one there and be home with the other one. Right. So there's a whole lot that goes on in your mind when you're thinking about it. And so by the end of the day, you're just like, forget it. I'll just be home. Yep. Everybody can't relate to that because when you're not there, you don't understand, well, why can't you, or why don't you? Um, Because it's not just about me. Right. And so, you know, that it's, it's the part of that journey that that's that part of that journey that, You just want people to understand like, hey, no, this is not a walk in the park. And you don't, you know, even with this platform, it's not just for caregivers of Alzheimer's and dementia. It just happens to be what we talk about because it happens to be. Yeah. 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 So you don't you don't um, negate other people's situations. Right. But caring for somebody with Alzheimer's, caring for somebody with, you know, dementia, it's a whole different ball game, whole oh, yeah. entirely different ball game. Oh yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it, like I said earlier, it's, it's gotta be the ugliest disease I've ever seen. And I think, I know the main reason the person you love is stolen from you, right? You're, you, you sit there and like, like you had mentioned in, in one of my blog or one of my posts that I put, it is so surreal to have my mother in front of me and her not be there. Yeah. And there's this constant, grieving almost daily that happens. And like you said, I try not to overprocess either, right? I go to work, I go about my business, I go in, hey mom, how you doing? I play with her nose a little bit, you know, my normal little routine. Um, I, I try to get her a little frustrated just to get some kind of animation out of her. Um, but there are those days where, like you said, especially with COVID, the journey is already lonely. And now to have to not have that ability to have any kind of respite at all because of COVID or the little bit of respite you get is so, you know, you're pulling in so many directions. Like I said, you know, should you go? I don't really want to go, but if I go, but it's outside, but are other people going to be vaccinated? Are they going to have masks on? What if Carrie gets sick? What am I going to do? And that goes through my head, right? If God forbid yeah. she gets COVID, what, 
what do I do? I don't have anybody who, I can't take care of my mom the way Carrie does. I don't have anybody who can. So what's going to happen? She's going to have to go to a home and then, then what? Right. Right. At least until Carrie's better. So the journey is not, it is beyond lonely as far as um, the people around you struggling even to deal with it. So I don't know about you, but a good majority of people in my life, especially really like my family and stuff, they've stepped away. You know, it's almost as if she's gone already. And it's a very hurtful. It's, it's frustrating. And I get it. You know, I do get it. They're all in New York and I'm here in Florida with my mom. But in the same breath, sometimes I'm like, well, what about me? You know, I'm still here. Are you yeah. not? What about checking in on me? You know, I'm, your, I'm your niece. I'm your sister. I'm your I'm your cousin. Like, how come no one's going? How are you doing? You know, that is so I literally just had this conversation yeah. with somebody just today because, you know, people don't understand the depth yeah. of that and how much how much that is needed. Mm-hmm. It is. It is it's essential. It's needed yeah. because literally, and, and I had to realize, and I had to tell myself this just this week. And I remind myself of this periodically. It really is okay to not be okay. Yes. It, it's okay to not be great. Every time somebody asks me, how am I doing? Yep. It's okay to not be good when somebody asks me, how am I doing? Um, And it doesn't take away from my faith. It doesn't take away from my trust and my belief in God. It just simply means that I'm human over here. Right. Mm -hmm. And and the fact that, you know, um, sometimes you just want to just, just have that where somebody cares enough to just say, how are you really doing? Mm -hmm. How, How are things really going with you? Yes. I posted this post earlier because, again, this was just kind of a week for me. Yeah. And it says there's much pain to endure when watching a loved one suffer with Alzheimer's disease. There is the pain of perpetual grief. There's the raw wound of continual loss. There's the struggle to preserve dignity and desire to respect and present and cling to the past. However, in the midst of heartache, there's a small glimmer of light that exists to remind us that things remind us of things that Alzheimer's can't take away. The warmth of a touch, the importance of smiles and laughter and the knowledge of what it truly means to experience unconditional love and acceptance. And reality, that's exactly what it is. I mean, it is a continual when you're looking at this and. Um, I said earlier, we would get back to this, but even as a child, when you're looking at this head on and, you know, it's hard. I I don't have another way to describe it. Some days it's just, it's hard. You know, I mean, my mom is in a stage now where, you know, most of the time now I keep her in bedroom bedroom slippers Yeah, because putting her on socks, she's going to take them off. And you have no idea where she's put them, but putting on a bedroom shoe, she'll put it on backwards, like literally backwards. And she's walking, you know, with it, um, cannot put on clothes at all. You know, I mean, that's non-existent. Can't bathe herself at all. That's, you know, it doesn't, you can tell her to do something and, it just doesn't click, you know, yeah. when it comes to eating, she can still feed herself. However, we're at a stage now where I'm constantly having to remind her, to, her yeah. right. Yeah. You know, yeah. use your utensil because mm-hmm. she's more or less trying to use her hands. Yes. And so, you know, it can be hard that, I mean, that's just, that's the reality of it. It's, it, it's, it's a difficult place to be. I mean, oh, yeah. you, you, you're grateful. I don't know about you, but you know, being in a place where I can take care oh, of my mom, Oh yeah. you know, you have that grateful state because as you said, I mean, for me, my mom always drilled into me. I don't want to go into a nursing home. I don't want to go. In. And I think that partially made it difficult to, yeah. for me to place her in one because I know that that was never her desire. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, God just kind of worked it out for us that I'm able to do it. Yeah. Um, but even in doing it, yes, you're you're grateful because you can turn around and, you know, 
not repay, but give them back what they gave to you. Oh yeah. But it I, doesn't take away from the emotional side and no. the, the side of it that some days you do. And I had one of those this past weekend where I just wanted to get in my bed, pull the covers up and just be there. Block out the world. Yep. Yeah. Block it yep. all out. You know, because <laughs> like you said earlier, like for me, when I do have someone come over, it's usually during those times when I have to go and take care of other things for the yep. house. I have to go to the grocery store. I have yep. to make sure this is done. Um, and so even the few hours that you get, mm -hmm. you're still not able to just relax and just exactly. be because exactly. there's always something you have to take care of. Always. And so, you know, that that's the that's this journey, you know, yeah. you're talking about and, and, and we share it, you know, because the other side is for somebody, I know you were talking about your friend whose parent was just diagnosed. Yeah. I want people to understand too that it's not gonna all be easy. No, but it's doable. Yes. When they look at you, when they look at me and they see, you know what, I can do this. Because sometimes mm -hmm. people question whether or not they can. You know, mm -hmm. they want to, right? but they question whether or not I can do this. Yes. And so I want the, the real side of it to come through to say, you can do it. Yeah. You, know, you really can do it. It might be difficult, <laughs> but you can do it. You know, my, my whole motto, um, the theme of it's really become the theme of my life. Uh, but definitely for this podcast and for my favorite girl in Alzheimer's, my whole theme is keep going, keep yep. pushing, keep loving and keep caring. Yep. That's what it's all about. You know, oh, because. um. You know, I, the, the scripture I will always hold on to when he says my grace is sufficient enough. And when we're when we're in a place where, you know, we can't, then he gives us more grace. And then we recognize as well the fact that when I can't do it, the scripture also says that our his his strength is made perfect in my weakness. And so when I'm at my lowest point that's when God's strength becomes even more. And that's what I hold on to. Yeah. And so it is, it's so it's doable. You can do it. You, it I doesn't agree. mean you won't have any challenges <laughs> with it. But I agree. You can do it. Yeah. I agree. And, it, and, it, and when you just made me think of something, right. It, it's those moments that again, so like Carrie allows me and every now and again, like you said, I, I, you know, when people ask me and the joke running joke is oh, Melissa's fine, right? Hey, how you doing? I'm fine. Right. I'm always going to be fine. And I think that that's that, that little protective layer that we all keep to just keep that semblance of your mental health and not letting it kind of spiral out of control like you know it can, right? Yeah. And um, there are those moments where, you know, Carrie knows if I go in the bathroom and I close it, I'm just having that day, right? I'm having that day where I can't keep it together anymore. I need 20 minutes and I'll be good, right? Um, and talk about the, the journey of what you were saying earlier um, about how difficult it is. So I work, um, I work for Apple and I have a very, very, very good um, friend. When I first came on board about 10 years ago, his mom um, was still alive, but she was in the last, or, you know, I think she had just passed actually from Alzheimer's. And um, he took to me, uh, he took me under his wing and he has brought me through this journey. And every day, every time I meet with him, he reminds me that whatever happens, I'm never going to do, I'm never going to have regrets for taking care of my mom. I'm never going to look back and think, man, what if I would have done this? Or why didn't I do this? Or why couldn't I work harder or, or try harder to take care of her? Um, and he always tells me, he says, you know, it's not an easy journey. It's a horrible journey, but you're her daughter. Right. And that's, it kills me when people go, man, you're such a good daughter. I'm just her daughter. You know, she was an amazing mother. She deserves nothing less than right. to be cared for, you know, and people forget and it's so surreal again to watch. My mom was a legal secretary. You know, she was she worked she worked in a, in a law office for almost forty five years, and you know, raised two kids, and was married for sixty years, and was a a daughter and a cousin and a niece. And it's like that's forgotten about, right? When they start really going down this path where they can't communicate anymore and they don't know who people are, and it's 
other people who just need to turn that off because it's too hard to watch. And it is, it's horrible to watch. But I know that exactly what you just said, even in those moments when I feel so weak and vulnerable, my faith in just, not even humanity per se, but my wife, my mother, my, I mean, I was raised Catholic, so I'm always going to have a faith of there's something higher than me, always going to have that faith. So something is always going to come and give me that strength to go, we can do this. We can do this. You know, there's always going to be someone suffering worse than us. And I'm grateful that I have this house where I can put my mom on her own side, where she has a bathroom and you know, it's, it's her little wing. It's not a huge house, but it's her little wing. And I'm grateful that I married someone who sacrifices so much of her time for another human being who didn't birth her, you know, and I'm, I'm grateful that I have a job that I can afford to be the sole income. You know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, all these things that I try to remember. And I think that that's always my message when I talk to people and they say, man, I can't believe, you know, it's so hard. It's gotta be hard. And I just say, yeah, but you know what? Someone has it harder. Someone has it harder. And I'm always just going to remain positive and grateful for the things that I do have because everybody's journey through life period is not always going to be pretty. And this is, this is just my journey and this is my mom's journey and we're doing it together, you know, and, and it is, it is what it is. I think the hardest thing for me that weighs on me now, though, going back to the, to the, to the levels of her or her stages of her, her Alzheimer's, I was telling my, the guy I was telling you about earlier, my, my friend whose mom passed. And I said, I'm getting to the point where I feel selfish. I'm getting to the point where I'm feeding her with a spoon to get water into her. And, you know, she's still eating and she's still drinking with a spoon, but she has no quality of life. You know, there's no quality of life anymore. And he said to me, he said, you are her daughter and you are connected in such love and your hearts are so intertwined. You will know when your mom is suffering. And he said, do you feel like that? And I said, no, she still smiles sometimes. I could still, you know, irritate her and go, mom, mom, mom. And she's stop it, stop it. You know? (laughs) Um, So there's still those little glimmers of her there. And he said, then you'll know, you'll know. He said, this is not you know your mother when she's, you know, when when she's happy and when she's herself, and you'll know when that when you no longer see that little glimmer anymore. It's time to let go, and uh, you know those words when I hear them, they're so hard to hear. But he's right, you know, he's right. She's not suffering. She is still eating. She is still drinking. But just having even that support of who do I turn to? Who's gone through this journey? What did you do? You know, yeah. and go, getting onto the outs forum and saying, did anybody experience this? When did you decide to let go? And 90% of the time, 95% of the time, oh, well, we didn't have them in the home anymore. We had to put them in a skilled nursing facility because either we were too old or we didn't have the time or we had five kids in the house. We couldn't watch our, our parent, you know, and, and take care of children or we didn't have the money or we didn't have spousal support. We didn't have anything. And when you hear those journeys, that's another time where I'm like, wow, this is where my story makes a difference because I do have that support and I can help yeah, people yeah. understand if they have the support, what's possible and what, you know, what, what's going to happen. Um, but yeah, the journey is, and, and like you said, there's literally no way to describe what's happening. The only thing that I think I've ever heard, and it's during some of our advocacy days is that this is the sixth leading cause of death with no cure, no prevention and no treatment, right? Even cancer, has a little bit of cure, some here and there, a little bit of treatment, right? We got some chemo. There's yeah. nothing, there's nothing for outside. Nothing and that, right. And that's where I tell people, I'm like, we are the sixth leading cause and we have nothing, nothing to help with this disease. And there are millions of caregivers suffering and millions of people suffering with this, you know, with this horrible disease. So that's the only way thing I try to remember. And I don't know about you, but recently too, I started um, really posting things about the first survivor. And recently I said, I, I could be that first survivor. I yep, could be yep. the one with that white flower. And my girlfriend calls me. She said, I never thought of that. I forgot that it's hereditary. I forgot that you're at a really high risk, Melissa. Like, and I, and then she just started crying. And I said, well, that's not going to happen because we're going to find the first survivor. Right. We're going to no, find, we're gonna find them. I said, yep, so just that is our keep goal. donating. Yes, keep donating. Keep, keep, keep the positive vibes coming. Keep checking on people. And we're going to find it. You know, I don't think any of us, you, myself, all of the advocates, all of the walkers, I don't think we will ever give up until there's a cure. We can't. We can't. We can't. You know, because I think I think about me. Mm-hmm. There's an echo going. I don't know what happened. But um, 
sit back sit around. Around. I don't know when you did it before. I don't know what happened. But at any rate, um, you know, I think about not just myself, but my children. You know, I, I want to find a cure for for me and for the future generations, not just my family, but everybody's family, you know, because, yeah, absolutely. You can have a, a good quality of life being diagnosed, but, you know, and I don't know about you, but yeah, there are moments and that's that's reality. There are moments when you do think like, wow, the, would I even want my children to have to care for me in this state? You know, it, 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 yes, it's a thought when you're, when you're watching it yeah, day in and day out, there are certain thoughts that come when you're like, man, this, this is hard. Yeah. You know, I, I believe that my children would take care of me, but you have to ask yourself what I want them to, Yeah, you know, I mean, it, it is caring period, whether it's Alzheimer's, whether it's cancer, whatever, it's a sacrifice. And it takes a level of sacrifice that, you know, it, it's a great level. One of the things that I've had to deal with as well is when you realize that, yes, you're sacrificing, you're doing what you're doing. And there are some things that you may have been used to doing that, you can't, you can't do it any longer because right now. And so what I've had to do is tell myself, this is a season and seasons change. You don't know how long the season will be, but the hope in it is they change. They do. Winter does not last forever. Summer does not last forever. When you're connecting it to something like Alzheimer's or, or or cancer or what have you, um, it may be years. The season may end up being years, but it won't be forever. And so you put the priorities where the priorities have to be and you realize that, you know, I can, I can catch up, but I think it's just sometimes the reality that man, you know, because it could be something that you really love to do, yes. but in this particular season, you just, you can't do it. You know, yes. I mean, church was a, a great part of my life um, before COVID. And prior to COVID happening, I had to kind of slow down with going because, you know, I, I had to be home. Yeah. And so now post COVID, um, I think I've gone back maybe like twice, two, maybe three times. Um, but, you know, there's just, it, it's, it's, all of it is it's part of the journey, you know, yeah. and, and you you realize that. And, and for me, one of the reasons why I do this and why I do what I do is because you realize that you can either sit in it and you can allow it to really depress you um, all but kill you. Yeah. Or you can get up. And you can take where you are and you can make as much of a difference yeah. as you can with it. You may not be able to change everything, but you can make a difference wherever it is. You can make a difference. And that's what this advocacy is all about. Oh, you know, yeah. I know you are a lot more involved with the advocacy side than I am. I'm just not really getting into it. But I'm like, that's what the av- advocacy is all about. Yes. You know, that's why we're we're pushing these bills. We're talking mm-hmm. to the senators. We're you know we're we're talking to the representative because there are certain bills yep. and laws that we need established. Yeah. In order for this thing to happen the way that it needs to happen, and mm-hmm. you know, I mean, um, we're gonna get into the walk because I do want to talk about that. I know. I mean. <laughs> I'm looking at your numbers like, man, I need to connect with my <laughs> You know, so we, we're going to get into the walk before we get off of here because I do want to, um, you know, your walk. When is when is your walk? I believe I think it's October 2nd. I was actually just logging in to check, but I'm pretty sure it's October 2nd for Flagler and, uh, and St. John's. We're in okay. September, right? I'm like, I'm trying to think what month. Yeah, we're in September. <laughs> we are in September. Yeah, October 2nd. Saturday, October 2nd is our okay. walk. 
<laughs> yep, we had our schedule for the same day, but um, we had to reschedule it. But wow. um, I mean, man, you have ten thousand dollars—a ten thousand dollar goal. Yes. <laughs> and I love the fact that not only do you have it, you're like halfway there. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you. <laughs> Amazing. I mean, I, I, I've been on this journey for um, going on my fourth year, and um, I can't say that I've raised ten thousand dollars yet. <laughs> you will. <But> you will. <laughs> listen, you're giving me that extra oomph to like, hey, put some put some fire up under here. I mean, because yeah, you you're almost halfway there, and I'm I, I applaud it. Like, thank you, yeah. thank you. Yeah, I'm I'm a very, and I think that goes back to what I was saying earlier was. I used to fundraise and show all the good stuff, right? Like, hey, look, Carrie, because Carrie would take my mother everywhere. They would go to football games. They would go to the bar. They were not the bar. They go to restaurants and they would go um, everywhere, shopping everywhere together. So there would be all these amazing. And my mom went with us everywhere. If we went out on, you know, to dinner, she came. If we hung out with friends, she came. So I painted this picture of, wow, look, mom's living this great life, even though she has this disease. And then I realized. But it's not all great, you know, and I'm showing you this very fake side of what's really happening because you're seeing these great moments. Mm. But you're not seeing the moment right before when I took the picture and she didn't know who she was or she started crying because she got lost in her head, you know, and you're not seeing that. So I realized I need people to understand what the journey looks like on top of those good moments. And when I started showing, you know, the videos and explaining the real down and dirty, to be honest. That's when people were like, I had no idea that she was this advanced. I had yeah. no idea your mom couldn't feed herself anymore. Um, you know, these kinds of things would start coming out and all of a sudden the donations just got bigger, you know, and and the outreach, the outreach, if you ever need anything, I'm a I'm a RN in hospice. If, you know, my grandmother went through the same thing. My aunt went through the same, all these stories started coming in. Um, but yeah, I'm 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 brutal. Like I'll I'll email you. I'll be like, hey Priscilla, you donated last year. I haven't seen you this year. You okay? You know? yeah. <laughs> I'm brutal. I'm brutal. I'll text. I'll, but also we do. Uh, Carrie and I um, we started doing woodworking a few years ago. So I'll even um, post some of, of our work and say whatever you want. You know, commission me. 100% of the the proceeds goes to the Alzheimer's Association. Um, I'm running currently. I'm currently running a. Uh, um, auction for some artwork that I've done. And that's like, you know, whoever has the highest bid, 100% is going to the Alzheimer's Association. So I just try to get creative and I try to, yeah. you know, let people know as much as I appreciate your dedication to thinking about us, I want you to know I'm as dedicated to getting a cure as you are to writing that check, you yeah. know, and I don't want you to think you're just writing that check and it's going bye-bye. I want you to see, you know, I'm on here, Priscilla, I'm doing advocacy, I'm doing the walk, I'm you know, talking to people about being a caregiver. I'm trying to constantly be a resource for people. I never, I want people to understand that, you know, that donation isn't just going out into the air and they're never going to see what's going to happen. I want them to see what's happening with it. Right. And I post all these bills that need to change. And even just something like, um, so talking about the walk a little bit, um, one of the biggest things of my journey has been the Alzheimer's Association. When my mom started going through a crying phase, I didn't know what to do. And I said, I walk for you, let me call you. Um, they immediately sent somebody down and they did like a little intake with my mom and they sat with her and you know, that's when they told us, maybe you should bring hospice in. And I, you mean hospice, she's not dying. And the woman said, she is actively dying. She has a terminal disease, right? And it was that slap in the face for me to hear that. And I knew it was, but to really hear, this is a terminal disease, Melissa, there's no cure. Um, when, when I realized she is dying, so she actually hooked us up with elder affairs. Um, and that's when my whole, like realizing there are things out there for us. Yeah, there yeah, are, resources. there are resources. Um, just even being in Florida, my mom, I got my mom on Medicaid and I said, well, now you're completely disabled. Like you're let's, let's apply for Medicaid and Alzheimer's association said, cool, go to the elder affairs bureau. They'll help you with the, um, the, you know, the application, they'll get you on the waiting list a lot faster because you're using them as a resource. They'll come down, they'll advocate for you and say, yes, we've met Joyce. We have, we see how far along she is. So it's incredible the resources that are out there. 
And that's why I'm such a, um, I, every time I meet somebody who just brings up, oh yeah, so-and-so is diagnosed. Cool. If you need anything, please let me know yep. because I guarantee I have an answer or a resource for you. And that's where that money, not only just secure, but for us, for the caregivers yep. carry. Um, so Medicaid, the long-term care in Florida will give us some respite throughout the year. But on top of that, they also will pay carry to, as a participant direct option um, X amount of dollars per hour. It's not a lot, but it's still a little bit to be like, here you go. And when she doesn't want to use those hours, we can give it to someone else to give respite for us. And a lot of people don't know that when I went last year to top two years ago now to Tallahassee, I met other advocates who were like, what do you mean Carrie's getting paid? I'm like, Medicaid pays for participant direct option. Let me guess, you don't know? No, you do know. Yeah, I have it. No, I know. That's the only way that I'm able to do what I do at home because mm -hmm. I do have a full-time person that's here yes. and it's through Medicaid, you know, um, that long-term care uh, program, because um, without it, I wouldn't be able to do this. Not at all. You know, um, it works for me greatly because I have somebody that's here so I can maintain work because I yes. have to work, you know, yes. I haven't been blessed with my millions yet. They're coming. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. And so I have to work. And so because of that, the, the only thing, you know, is when COVID happened, unfortunately, yes. um, we lost a, a lot of help as well. You know, I mean, too. people have to stay home. And so um, it, on top of that, I took advantage of the Alzheimer's project. They actually have a volunteer program where, you know, I had a volunteer that was coming. I had one. I love her. Um, she was amazing. I mean, amazing. Um, and she would come, you know, two or three hours a day and um, fell in love with both of them. Matter of fact, I just talked to her uh, earlier this week. She called me um, and I, I forgot to call her. Her birthday was the other day. Please forgive me, Deanna. <laughs> but, um, you know, yeah. So, I mean, there are. There are resources out there. And I have right now um, Alzheimer's Association. For those that will view this on YouTube, it's scrolling at the bottom. But for those that are just listening, reach out, www.alz.org or call the 24-hour hotline at 800-272-3900. Yeah. Okay. There's somebody there 24 hours a day, and they're an amazing resource. And absolutely, you know, this money... The walk is the largest fundraiser for yep. the Alzheimer's Association. Yep. And, you know, and so that's why you're involved. That $10,000 is not going in your pocket, is not going in your household. It's straight to the Alzheimer's Project so that those, I mean, Alzheimer's Association, I'm sorry, I'm getting, I just mentioned the project, but straight to the association to be able to help fund the research. You yes. know, we don't, we don't have the, the billions that are going here, billions yes. upon billions, you know, we have funds going, but we need even more. Yeah. If, yeah. if we're going to get there or when we get there, I'm not going to say if, because we, we are we going will. to we get will. there. We will. You know, that's but, one thing that I think a lot of people forget, right. Is it's not just our country that's affected. The world is affected by this disease and the association is global, right. And there's, people fighting just like you and I in Australia, you know, London, uh, China, we're all fighting for a cure. And we're all looking at each other going, man, we don't want to have any more people go through this, right? We, we want that white flower. We want someone to stand on stage going, I was cured of this. You know, I, I'm not going to die from this disease. And we're, I, I fully anticipate I'm going to see it in my lifetime. I, I, I know I'm going to, I have to, I'm going to, we're going to. Um, but yeah, I mean, and even what you were just saying, the 24 seven carries even just called the association just for like, just to talk, just to be like, I don't know what to do. You know, she's, she's doing this and she's doing that. And, and I don't know what to do. And just for that little bit of mental health support at 10 o'clock at night, when she's screaming and you're trying to calm her down and, and you've given the medication the doctor prescribed and you're going, what do I do? There's no reasoning with somebody with Alzheimer's. Their brain's shutting down. There's nothing I can say that's going to make sense to this woman. What do I do? And she's called in late at night going, please just help me. And they give little tips and little tricks. But for the most part, it's just that ability to have someone to call. Because as you mentioned, it is the loneliest 
journey I've ever been on and I'm not alone. Yep. And it's, it's the loneliest journey I've ever been on. It's, it is unreal to realize how hard it is for so many people to watch it. And I get it, but they're just like, I can't, I can't do what you're doing, Melissa. And I can't begrudge them of that. I don't, I don't look at them and go, you're a bad person. I look at them and I hope one day that they can find that, that faith like you and I have to go, you know what? I know it's hard, but I, I need to go see Joyce. I need to see how she's doing. And that's all I, I, I hope for the people who are just like, it's a hard journey and I'm, I, I don't want to watch this. So I don't ever look at them and, and think negatively. I look at them and I feel sorry because they're not going to get that time back with my mom. I yeah, spend 24 well. seven with my mom. I've been seven, tw- for the last eight and a half years. My mom's been with me 24 seven. So there's, hours, seven right, and there's, you know, I have no regrets of every single second that I've spent with her. You know, we've, like you said, there's nothing that will take away the memories that we've had, not only before Alzheimer's, but even with Alzheimer's. Right. And the things that, she probably wouldn't have even done like go to a football game, you know, if she wasn't diagnosed with Alzheimer's, but because of it, she's like, sure, I'll go. And she was so easy going with it, but I'll never look back in time and go, man, I wish I would have, you know, I'm never going to have that sentence come out of my mouth. And that's the only thing I can say for anybody who might be taking a step back because it's hard to see, just remember, right. You can't recreate time. Once that moment is gone, that moment is gone forever. And that's all I ever try to remember is that I can't recreate anything as far as time goes and is our most precious resource that we have. That's it. You know, there's nothing else to it. I can't do anything about it other than tell people she would love to see you. You know, if you want to come, come. If not, I understand. It is hard to watch. She's not the same person, but it's still Joyce. It's still Joyce, you know. And that's what I that's what I try and get people to understand It's not them is the disease yes they're the same person they were before they were diagnosed they they act a little different they respond a little different but they're the same person you know they love they feel they they have emotions the same way my mom right now thinks i'm her mom literally thinks that i'm her mother and so you know i mean i am and i'm i'm great with that i'm comfortable with that i'm her person yes you know there are days when i i do want my my mama, that's, that's the reality of it. There are days when you just like a kid and you want your mama too, yes. but you realize that, you know, who you have now is, is who she is. Yes. And so, you know, I, I get the, I still get the hugs. I still get the, I love yous. I still get, um, you know, I really appreciate you. Thank you so much for everything you're doing for me. I get that, yeah. you know? And so that feeds that desire that I have just for my mom. Yeah. And so you take what you can get. You understand that this is what it is. You take what you can get and you put value to that. Yes. And and that is what people have to learn and understand. And so not going to um, keep this going. I have enjoyed you being on here. Enjoyed <laughs> this conversation. We have to get together again. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I want to give those that are listening, Melissa's contact information, catch her on Facebook at Melissa W O S M E L I S S A W O S. You can find her on Facebook. She has some amazing things out there that they've been auctioning. I've been looking at them um, <laughs> out there auctioning. So Go out there and find her. Um, her walk page is out there. Their walk is October 2nd. Uh, you can still give. Give up to yes. that date. And if you miss it, keep giving. Still take keep giving. Your money. <laughs> <laughs> still gonna take your money. It all goes to an amazing cause. And, yes. you know, we're just two daughters who, you know, um, we're, we're caring. And we're also advocates because we want this thing to end. And so, you know, this is Melissa. This is her journey. Go on her Facebook page. You can see her beautiful mom. She has some pictures out there. She has some videos out there. Shout out again to Carrie, her wife, who is doing an amazing (laughs) job in uh, helping her to care for her mom, to helping her to stay sane and, and do what they do. We didn't get to talk about your little incident that happened. We'll get back on. But, you know, um, there's there's no place like home. There's no place like a daughter taking care of her mom, like children caring for their mom. And, you know, we're going to keep advocating. We're going to keep putting it out there. Uh, She is 
halfway to that $10,000 mark. I believe she's going to make it to the 10. Um, I'm over here just trying to get to like 1200. <laughs> you know, I just, whoo. Yeah. You, you've increased my, my, my mindset even the more, um, you know, I've, I've never been a good salesperson. Uh, I just, I, I share my journey and I ask people to just, because reality all of us know somebody who has oh, yeah. been affected by this one way or the other. Yes. And if, if you don't know them, let the sun keep going up and coming down, you know, somebody you'll, you'll know somebody until we get that cure. And, and so it means as much as it means to us because we're right here in it, you yep. know? Um, and, and I tell people that all the time I knew about it, but until I came face to face with it, um, it means so much, so much more and something totally different to me now at this place. And I would do it even if it wasn't my mom, because I'm able to see it and yeah. you recognize it. And I don't just love her, but everybody, I don't want anybody, including my worst enemy yeah. to have to deal with this. And so this is why we do what we do. Yep. And so, you know, it's been amazing talking with you. You as well, Priscilla. Thank you so much for having me. It was an yeah. incredible conversation. I mean, it's, it's, I know it has to end right now, but I know our journey together will never end from this yeah, point. Yeah, forward. We're, we're I'm so connected. grateful for this connection with you now. <laughs> yes. We're going to stay connected. We'll be on some more advocacy projects yes. together. And um, I'm going to try and get, um, uh, uh, what's the face on here? Uh, oh my gosh. I can't even think of his name right now. I just had a brain fart, but we're going to be on here. <laughs> we're going to pull some of these bills up and some of the yes. other things that we're talking about. We're going to get them, get them on here because the only way people know sometimes is when they hear about it yeah. because you're not always looking for it. But when you hear about it and it sparks something in you and you can, you know, join in the fight as well and help us to find this cure because, you know, at some point right now it's us, but at some point, it may be you. And so we're going to close out. I just want you to do one thing for me before we head out. Give some advice to somebody who, you know, may be on this journey. Um, you, you know, people that are just now starting their journey with it, but give them some advice to help kind of keep them going, keep them loving, keep them pushing. Yeah, uh, for, while sure. On this journey. for sure. I, I would say my biggest piece of advice is just remember the love, right? The reason that you're doing it, the reason that you're looking at your person and going, you know, what is this going to look like and how am I going to do it? And know you have the strength, like you said earlier, inside yourself, but also know that there are so many people that will support you. You know, like you mentioned the Alzheimer's Association and just support groups. And there's so many different avenues that you can turn to. Don't turn away your resources. They're there. They're there and a lot of folks don't know about them, but they're like you mentioned, just calling the Alzheimer's Association when you feel lost is probably the first step in your journey where you're going to go, wow, I'm not alone. I'm not alone. All right. Awesome. And just to go along with that before I end, check out my website, www.priscillajjeanlouis.com. That's P-R-I-S-C-I-L-L-A-J. J-E-A-N-L-O-U-I-S. You can go on that website as well. Go to the My Favorite Girls page and there's some resources on that page as well. So there's some books out there that I found to be extremely helpful during this time, as well as some links to some other agencies that provide resources for you. If you're here in Tallahassee for the Alzheimer's Project, that is on there. Acts 2 Project, they're throughout the state of Florida. Mm -hmm. So Go on there, get some of these resources and take advantage of them so that if you're on this journey, it'll be a little bit easier for you. Yes. Thank you so much for listening. It's a wrap. Thank you so much. <laughs>Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the My Favorite Girl Caregivers Corner podcast. Hey, do me a favor and follow on whichever platform you're listening from so that you can receive notifications when the next episode is out and also share it with a friend. And remember, no matter what, keep going, keep pushing, keep loving and keep caring.